playing a little long, but it was a good service. I just love these times together. I love our Wednesday nights together. How many of you come on Wednesday nights? How many of you would, can't come on Wednesday nights but would like to? Okay. How many of you have no desire to come on Wednesday nights? Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I wish you would because our Bible classes are good. As a matter of fact, part of what we discussed at Bible class this Wednesday inspired this message, or at least a portion of it. And uh, there, were, there were a couple of things that we discussed that I pray will be a blessing to you. And um, three, just really three questions. I probably won't even get to all three of them. But I'm going to try to get to maybe one or two questions of the three that I wanted to discuss in the sermon because they go with our text about the man that broke in, the men that broke into Peter's roof and they let the guy that was paralyzed down to the roof. The account is found in Matthew 9, chapter 9, verse 1. And here's what it says. Jesus stepped into a boat crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man. I'm not sure if he was a quadriplegic or if he was a paraplegic. I'm not sure. But I do know that he was on a mat, which means he probably could not walk, and uh, which would suggest to me that he was probably uh, a quadriplegic. Therefore, the guys had to carry him. So the Bible says some men brought him lying on a mat, and when Jesus saw their faith, there's that intercessory faith. He said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm just, interested, I'm just excited about the fact that, that even before Jesus, I think there's something to be learned here. Even before Jesus addressed the guy's physical needs he went straight straight to his spiritual needs i think the lord is more interested in our heart and our spiritual being even than our physical being so don't be mad when god doesn't always heal us instantly it's not that he doesn't like us when you read isaiah 53 he was wounded for our transgression our transgressions by his stripes we are healed by the way, I believe my interpretation of that is that spiritual healing. We may or may not get physically healed all the time. God offers us no guarantees that physical healing is always in play. Sometimes it is, and as Pastor Meek taught me so well, we always should pray for physical healing. We should always pray for life, but God may have other plans. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul prayed earnestly. The Bible says he prayed three times. I, I interpret that to mean that he prayed multiple times. To the Lord, please remove this thorn in the flesh. Please remove this thing that's buffeting me. Remove this thing that's causing me great grief. And the Lord said, no, I ain't doing it. Well, he didn't say it exactly like that. <laughs> he said, no. He said, no because you need this, because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And he says, when you're weak, that's when you're strong. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. Some say it's blindness. Some say it was a physical disability. Some say it was some sort of illness. He said, when you need it, you want prayer, Charlie? 
Oh, your foot. Yes, we're going to definitely pray for you. You want us to do it right now? Okay, let me get you a chair because I don't think you should be standing. We're going to pray for you right now. Absolutely. His foot is swelling. It's been swollen. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Charlie and I have talked about this. They're both swelling, right? Okay, okay. And then I want you to just, just sit up here with me after we pray. We're going to pray for you right now. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about prayer. This is a good, this is a good example. What he says is that we, in James 5, he says that, that we pray, we, we anoint. When they're sick among us, you're going to do it. Thank you, Rev. Here's what it says, Charlie. Let me just explain it is why we're praying for you. The Bible says when they're sick among you, call for the elders of the church. And they will anoint you in oil in the name of the Lord Jesus and pray. If you have sins, they'll be forgiven and that he will cause you to, to rise. He will cause you to recover. That's what scripture says. So elders, let's just pray right now. I'm going to let you guys do the honors. Let me give you a mic, Lynch, just so we can hear you pray. So we can pray with you. There you go. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus. This is your son, Father, you know all about him. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, you know his needs right now. Yes, Lord Jesus. And Father, we know all things are possible with you and through you, O oh God. And Father, we know by your stripes we're healed and we believe that, O oh God. And we thank you, O oh God, for that sacrifice right now. Yes, Lord Jesus. Father, right now, touch him and bless him and heal him, O oh God, from the top of his head, O oh God, to the, to the, to the soles, O oh God, of his feet, O oh God. Lord, this swelling right now father in the name of jesus we know you can do all things and we believe in you right now lord trusting in you oh god and father we have the faithful oh god that you're working on it right now we have the faithful oh god to believe oh god that you're strengthening right now we have the faithful oh god to believe oh god that he's going to feel your anointing power hallelujah right now lord jesus have your way right now father strengthening right now lord jesus anointing right now lord jesus yes. let him feel your power right now yes, father yes. The, the, your healing power right now father in the name of jesus we're thanking you for it right now lord jesus have your way oh god and lord we be so careful to give you all the honor and all the glory father and all the praise oh god because it all belongs to you oh god and all power is thine oh god yes. have your way right now father and we're thanking you right now father in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus. In the name of, in the Jesus. Name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he's going to do it. Yes, victory, yes. victory, 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 victory. Mm -hmm. Victory, victory, victory. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, elders. Thank you, Charlie, for coming up. We just know that the Lord's going to touch your body. We're just praying that we're asking the Lord to touch you on the inside and on the outside. Amen. You all believe that? Amen. 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 Uh, praise God. You know, I just felt like maybe the Lord wanted Charlie to come up now just because we're talking about prayer and the importance of prayer. And I know that he's been in the hospital and he's had some, some physical challenges. And uh, he probably thought this was prayer time. And the Lord obviously thought that too because he came up. Amen. Amen. And so there's all the altar is always open for prayer. Amen. Whether it's during the middle of a sermon or not, the altar is open for prayer and we believe in prayer. Amen. 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 
Amen. I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. And I think perhaps we don't always pray enough. Amen. Jesus says that we should, when you pray, in Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, he didn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. So prayer should always be a part of our dialogue. Prayer should always be a part of our life. Amen. It shouldn't be when we get around to it or if we get around to it. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. That means prayer is continuous. Amen. So I'm just going to answer, I'm just going to answer one question that for this sermon this morning that we talked about Wednesday. We didn't get but Brother Chip asked a question. It was actually a question from a friend of his. And I thought it was a profound question. We didn't get a chance to fully address it Wednesday night. So I just thought, you know what, I'll just take this time to try to help out and uh, give you a little bit of insight of what the scripture says about why do we need to pray? And it's just, you know, Charlie came up. Why do we need to pray if God already knows everything we have need of? Amen. Actually, the scripture that uh, Chip didn't refer to this, but uh, this is the scripture that I'm sure the friend was alluding to in Matthew chapter six. He says that your father has need at your uh, Matthew chapter six, verse eight. Your father knows what you have need of before we even ask. Amen. So why do we need to go through this exercise, this ritual, this routine of asking? And I'll tell you why. The reason that we ask, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that we ask, you ready for this? The reason that we pray, the reason that we ask, the reason that we seek the Lord is because he says to do it. Ain't nothing mystery, ain't nothing deep or theological or mysterious about that, is it? He says, do it. He says, when you pray, James, James chapter four says, you ask and you shall receive. You have not because you ask not. And Matthew seven, Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. He says, seek and you'll find. And he says, knock and the door will be open to you. Commands. Those are not suggestions. Those are not options. So we pray because the word of God instructs us to pray. Yes, the Lord has need, knows what we need before we ask. Yes, the Lord is omniscient. Yes, the Lord is omnipresent. Yes, the Lord is omnipotent. But he still requires that we ask. So that's why we pray. And let me tell you another reason that we pray. We pray because we need to say out loud, just like the woman that came with the, with the issue of blood and the Lord said, who touched me? We know that, that the Lord knew who touched him, right? Rhetorical question, not a rhetorical question, but a question in which he already knew the answer. The answer wasn't suggested in the question, but he knew the answer already because he knows all things. He said, who touched me? And that's because the Lord wanted her, as he wants us to do, to acknowledge him, ask him, testify of him, and believe in him publicly. Amen? He said, who touched me? Well, he knew who touched him. He asked us to pray because by us praying, by praying, we are saying out loud to the Lord so that our ears can hear. I don't know if Richard Martin is listening right now, but Richard taught me something very profound, and that is that he would, and maybe still does, he would read the scriptures out loud during his quiet time. Is that right, Sister Mary Louise? 
he would read the scriptures out loud during his study time so that his ears can hear what the word is saying. And I think that's just, I just found that to be brilliant because you're, when you're studying the word, you're utilizing more senses by reading the word out loud, by speaking out loud. When I do sermon prep every week, I go, when I'm walking, I'm talking out, I'm looking for people to make sure they don't think I'm crazy. But usually if I'm in the park or I'm alone, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to the Lord out loud because I want to hear the scriptures yeah. in my ears. I've seen them with my eyes. I've touched the pages of the scripture with my hands. That's two senses. I've, 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 I hear them now with my ears. That's three senses. And actually, and I'm tasting them in my spirit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm tasting them spiritually. So I'm using four senses, essentially. So all of that is helping, helping us retain the word. By utilizing more of our five senses, we incorporate more intake and we increase our retention. So when the Lord asks us to pray, he wants us to verbalize. He wants us to enumerate. He wants us to enunciate our needs, our cares. He says, come before him with our cares. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace, casting all your cares on him, for he careth for you. Amen? So the Lord wants us to do it. Here's another reason we pray. We pray because it shows dependence upon him. Yes. It releases our independence. The reason we pray, Charlie, is because we want the Lord to know, Lord, you know, I have an, I have an issue here. I'm swelling in my foot. Swelling. I need your help. I need relief. I say it because the Lord, I know you know it, but I'm saying it because I need you to understand that I'm trusting and depending on you to fix it. Amen? Are you all good? I'm, I'm going to be sure this is the only question I'm going to tell I'm going to cover, so I want you all to listen, okay? This is really... This is really how prayer works. Prayer is about obedience. Prayer is about consistency. And finally, I could say more, but I'm just going to cut it with this. Prayer is about worship. It's not all petition. We pray because prayers ain't just about asking God for something. It's not just about petitioning God for something. It's not just about supplication. It's not just about entreaty. Prayer is also about praise and gratitude and worship and thankfulness. Prayer is about acknowledging what you've already done. It's acknowledgement. It's recognition of what God has already done and is doing and will do, shall do, will do in your life. Amen? Y'all know who I stole that from. So that's what prayer is all about. That's why we pray. Because we're giving God the glory. And so in, in, in closing, before I sit down, one last thing. So there was a blind man on the road that had been blind from birth. And Jesus came near him and the disciples said, Lord, who did sin? This man or his parents? See, the Jews had this belief that all disease and all disorder all dysfunction and all malady was always associated with sins, personal sins. The Jews thought it was associated with their sins or their parents' sin. They didn't even look at the fact that all of us are impacted by the original sin. We all get sick because of Adam. 
We all die because of Adam. We all deal with disease because of Adam. So you want somebody to be mad at, don't shake your fist at God. You shake your fist at Adam. <laughs> Adam is the problem. I don't know where he is right now, but he started all this mess. <laughs> Adam. So when we, when, we are, when, we, when we come before the Lord and the disciples were asking the Lord, why is this man blind? Was it his parents' sin or was it his sin? The Lord said, neither. But that the glory, but that the work of the Lord, but that the power of the Lord might be manifest, that God might be glorified. Sometimes, listen guys, sometimes we go through suffering and trials and tribulations so that God can be glorified in our lives by us coming to the acknowledgement, coming to the realization that Lord, you're allowing this to happen for a reason and I'm going to accept it. I'm going to glorify you and praise you anyhow. In the midst of this storm, in the midst of this issue, I am going to give you glory. Amen? It doesn't always have to be because of sin. It's not always retaliatory. It's not always punishment. It's not always judgment. It's not always some sort of persecution because of something that you've done, a cause and effect. Sometimes God wants to bring us through something so that he might be glorified in us and we might be edified. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you for this service. We ask you, Lord, that you will help us to learn that prayer is not a Hail Mary. It's not a last resort. It's, it's not a, a last-ditch effort. But prayer re implies that there is a relationship that we have with you. Prayer implies family. Prayer implies a familiar relationship that exists. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to look at prayer differently from this day on. That prayer now becomes a means of fellowship with God, communion with God, sharing with God, talking with God, dialoguing with God, may that be how we perceive prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I didn't give you the Monday morning moment, but here's the Monday morning moment. The Monday morning moment is the power of the Lord is present for him to perform healing. That's Luke 5, 17, I believe. The power of the Lord is present for him to perform healing. Amen. That's how the Lord works. He performs healing through his power. It's not how much faith you have. It's not how hard you pray. It's not how long you pray. It's not even how often you pray. God delivers us. God heals us. God fixes our situation whether it's at home, at school, at work, in the neighborhood, the neighbors, family, the local police department, whatever the problem is, the Lord fixes it. The Lord rectifies the situation for his glory. When you, listen, when you make it about him and not about you, then God takes, takes attention. He takes, he takes over. He gets involved. When it becomes about the honor of his glory, if you look at, you study the prayer in 2 Chronicles, you study King Hezekiah's prayer. I'm sorry, King Jehoshaphat's prayer. 
King Jehoshaphat's prayer was about, Lord, your honor is about to be dis dishonored, discredited. They are, they are doing this towards your name. This is about dis dishonoring and disrespecting you. Oh, boy, you bring God into the equation. Take yourself out and make your prayer about, Lord, I want you to get the glory. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be honored. I want you to be exalted and lifted up. I want your name to be built up. I want your name to be magnified. When it becomes about him, God gets involved because his name is at stake. His honor is on the line. Amen? Don't worry about yourself all the time. God got you. God has us. Amen? He has our back. He, we're important to him. You don't have to try to convince God to spare us. You don't have to try to convince God to fix us. He already knows what we need before we ask, a la Matthew chapter 6. So we're not informing God because he was ignorant of our situation. God forbid. He can't be God if he's not on top of why we're in a situation we're in. He's God. He better know it or we're in trouble, right? It's about him. Lord, how can I handle this so that you are glorified? I'm sitting down, but hang with me. How can I handle this so that you receive the honor? How can I handle this so that you are exalted? Mm. I know it's an esoteric type of situation, and it's hard to visualize this because it's an abstract idea, but it's a real idea. God's glory means everything. God's honor means everything. God's praise and exaltation means everything. Amen? Amen. No more second sermons on my way to my seat like last week. I'm done. I'm done. But I just pray that you are blessed and that you are encouraged to continue to keep this dialogue with God going. Amen? Amen.